turned his torso towards me. And what if anything he do with his arm? He waved the knife from his lower right side upwards across his body towards my left shoulder. And when he did that, what did you do, officer? I shot him. From WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune, this is 16 Shots, the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. I'm Jen White. Officer Jason Van Dyke took the stand and testified in his own defense today. WBEZ's Patrick Smith is at the courthouse. Patrick, this was the first time Officer Van Dyke has described in public the shooting of Laquan McDonald. What did he say? Well, he described from the moment when they first got the call uh, of officers needing assistance, uh, that call of, of asking for a taser, actually, which he did not have in his car. He, he described you know, him and his partner driving to the scene, seeing Laquan McDonald for the first time. He got probably about 10 to 15 feet away from me. And when he got 10 to 15 feet away from me, what did he do? We never lost eye contact. Um, Guys were bugged now. His face was just expressionless. And then he said that Laquan McDonald turned his torso toward Van Dyke and waved the knife across his chest. And Van Dyke said that's when I shot him. Patrick, what was Jason Van Dyke like on the stand? Well, he was actually very emotional, at least when he was being questioned by his own attorney. Um, He talked a lot about the fear he felt the night that it happened. He actually, at one point, when describing the moments before the shooting, he he choked up and and kind of and started crying a little bit. It was clearly very emotional. I thought that it was a genuine show of emotion um, that he was upset that this had happened, and and he kept coming back to the fear he felt that night. Uh, And I think he, he made that real for the jury. Now, of course, the prosecution had a chance to cross-examine him. What did they do? Well, they did what we've been expecting them to do, which is point out the ways that Jason Van Dyke's testimony does not fit with the evidence. Um, they played that dash cam video that we all know about, the dash cam video of Laquan McDonald's death, for him and said, you know, tell me, where is it here where you saw him raise the knife? And, you know, Van Dyke actually said, I don't know to that question. They also... And this was something we knew they would get an opportunity to do when Van Dyke took the stand. They, they got a chance to, to go over his statements in police reports from the night of the shooting. They pointed out the ways that those police reports don't fit with the dash cam video, and they also don't fit with Van Dyke's testimony. And he kept just saying, you know, I don't remember what I said that night. I was in shock. He said that over and over again to questions about, about inconsistencies between police reports and his testimony. There was actually even one point where the prosecutor played the animated recreation that the defense team made. And they said, where, where in this animation that your expert witness made, where do you see him raise the knife in this animation? You know, they kept hammering, you're saying this happened, but there's no proof. And that animation was supposed to be created to give jurors the opportunity to see things from Van Dyke's perspective. But in his testimony, Van Dyke says, well, this isn't what I saw. Right, yeah, he undercut that animated recreation. He said, that's not from my perspective. And they said, well, but your attorneys presented it as being from your perspective. And he said, you know, that's not in my, sort of not my area, essentially, that they presented this video. How do you think Van Dyke's testimony played with the jury? 
as I said, I think when he was being questioned by his own attorneys, I thought he did a good job of, of showing emotion, showing that this was not something he wanted to do. And when he was on the ground, what, if anything, did you observe about him while he was on the ground? I could see him starting to push up with his left hand off the ground. I see his left shoulder start to come up, and I still see him holding that, that knife with his right hand, not letting go of it. Were and his eyes are still bugged out. His face has got no expression on it. During that time on the ground, did you say anything to him? I'm yelling at him, drop that knife. How many times do you think? I couldn't tell you. And he never dropped it, right? He never dropped it. So when you saw him uh, move like that, what did you do? I just kept on looking at the knife and I shot at it. I just, I just wanted him to, to get rid of that knife. You know, he's breaking down there because he never wanted this and he was forced to do this. That's the, that's the narrative that de the defense has been pushing this whole time. However, I think that the cross-examination really undercut a lot of that because not only did the prosecution keep pointing out inconsistencies in what he was saying, he did not take that very well. He was combative. He pushed back a lot. I thought he seemed frustrated, even annoyed to be getting some of these questions. And he didn't have good answers for a lot of them. You know, I mentioned that they play the video and say, oh, is it here where he raised the knife? And he just said, I don't know. He kept saying, I don't remember what I said immediately after. So I think initially, I think it probably did have an impact on the jury, but I do wonder how much of that was undercut by the cross-examination. So ultimately, what part of Jason Van Dyke's testimony do you think each side will be pointing to in their closing arguments? I think the defense is going to be pointing to the fact that, to that fear that I talked about, the fear that Van Dyke made real on the witness stand, and to the fact that, that Van Dyke kept testifying to the knife. You know, he said, I was focused on that knife. I just wanted him to drop the knife. I was aiming at the knife. He, in his testimony, was bringing home something that the defense attorneys have been saying, which was that a guy with a knife is scary, that he was fixated on this knife. I think that's what the defense will be, will be pointing to in their closings. For prosecutors, it's those moments, again, where Van Dyke just could not explain why what he was saying on the stand was not backed up by, by the video or police reports or anything else. Patrick, thanks. Thank you. Also testifying for the defense today were two expert witnesses. WBEZ's Chip Mitchell was in the courtroom. Chip, what did psychologist Lawrence Miller say about the McDonald shooting? His job was to testify what was going on in Van Dyke's mind. Um, he started by giving this super long science lesson about everything from brain anatomy to hormones, uh, stress. He talked about how officers, when they're shooting someone, they have distorted perceptions, uh, stuff like tunnel vision, tunnel hearing. Um, things might seem to be happening in slow motion. And Jen, they also misremember things. This is according to Lawrence Miller, the psychologist. My opinion is that on 10-2014, Officer Jason Van Dyke responded to what he perceived was a deadly threat and responded in a way that, based on his training, was designed to neutralize that threat as he understood it. And would your opinion uh, be that his response was based upon a reasonable officer's response in the same situation? Uh, a reasonable officer faced with the perceptual reality of what that officer, of, of what Officer Van Dyke was experiencing, the answer would be yes. Okay. What did prosecutors say when they cross-examined Lawrence Miller? Miller admitted that officers are trained to control themselves and not lash out when they feel disrespected, uh, like how Van Dyke might have felt when McDonald was ignoring his commands to drop the knife. 
And while Miller said he didn't think Van Dyke was lying about what he perceived, um, he did say it was possible that the officer could have been lying. Miller examined Van Dyke back in 2016, and he talked about some of the things Jason Van Dyke told him about his approach to the scene. Talk about that. Yeah, there was this really big thing we had not heard before today. Van Dyke told Miller that he and his partner had heard the radio calls about the black male having a knife and popping the police SUV's tire. So the two of them, they're in their police SUV. They're on the way to the scene, but they're still a block and a half away. He looked over to Joseph Walsh and said, why don't they shoot him if, they're, if he's attacking them, correct? That is, what he said. that is what he told me he said. So what does that mean for Van Dyke? Well, I spoke to some defense attorneys about this, uh, about how important this could ultimately be for the jury. And, and they said it could be a double-edged sword. On one hand, it could be interpreted as planning to shoot Laquan McDonald. Um, so the statement would support first-degree murder charges. It could also be interpreted as showing fear, which would support the defense contention that Van Dyke shot in self-defense. I want to bring WBEZ's Shannon Heffernan into the conversation. She was in the courtroom today. And Shannon, the defense called Barry Broad to the stand. Who was he? He's a use of force expert. You'll remember that prosecution earlier called their own use of force expert. That person, of course, said that Van Dyke was not justified in his shooting. But the defense's expert said he was, in his opinion. The most dramatic part of his testimony was actually this moment when Herbert asked him to come out of the witness stand and come down to the area right in front of the jury. And they measured out, with a tape measure, 13 feet. And then across the room from him, Herbert said, well, how at this distance could I be a threat to you? And uh, Broad said, well, I'll show you how. And then he lifted up this plastic knife that he had been given and ran at Herbert um, pretty quickly. And when he reached him, uh, said, stab, 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 stab. And I'll show you how much time you would have to react to me. Stab, 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 stab. Uh, the point here being that somebody could quickly close the distance um, if they were running at an officer. And how did the prosecution respond to that testimony? Well, they said that Van Dyke had a handgun and that that handgun was drawn. So presumably making a point that he could have um, shot him if he needed to, if he had approached him quickly with that knife. Shannon Chip, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Sixteen Shots is a production of WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune. It was produced by James Edwards with assistance from Joe Dassault and Carrie Shepard. Our reporting team includes Shannon Heffernan, Chip Mitchell, and Patrick Smith. Mike Lansu is our digital editor with help from Paula Friedrich and Gabrielle Wright. Our senior editor is Rob Wildeboer. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. And Steve Edwards is WBEZ's chief content officer. Special thanks to the Tribune editors, Matt O'Connor, Tracy Van Morleham, and Angela Rosa O'Toole. And thanks to the WBEZ Newsroom, whose reporting was instrumental to this series. You can find out more about the case at wbez.org slash 16shots. Check this podcast feed regularly for updates from the trial of Officer Jason Van Dyke and listen wherever you get your podcasts.
Now, more than ever, facts matter. That's why the journalists at the Chicago Tribune are committed to quality journalism, relentlessly pursuing the truth and providing you with the stories that impact your community, as well as your daily life. Get fact-based journalism and support the future of investigative reporting, like 16 Shots, by subscribing to the Chicago Tribune today. Visit chicagotribune.com slash 16 shots for a special subscription offer just for listeners of this podcast.